everyone. Welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And here is our headline news episode for October 4th, 2020. So our first news story is a call for change in Myanmar as the environmental effects of jade mining drastically increase. So Myanmar, or Burma, is the world's largest export of jade gemstones, and they generate billions of dollars in revenue for the country. The jewel is especially coveted in China, where they sell for more than gold, which is crazy. Um, And great, you know, for people who are selling them. However, for the people of Myanmar who are actually mining, the gemstones represent the suffering that has been caused by the constant search for it. These mines are mainly located in the northern region of Kachin State. And before jade was found there, the environment was beautiful. The streams were pretty. Imagine, like, Disney-esque landscape. But nowadays, in these mine towns, it seems like a faraway dream. Since the mountains have mainly been destroyed, the valleys are, are also destroyed, and the water sources are muddled with dirt and other things. Landslides have also been the foremost effect of the environmental damage that mining has caused, yet it is only one of the several disasters that have occurred because of it. Many locals and environmental activists are calling on the government to take action because something needs to be done. Uh, An environmental group called Global Witness publicly condemned the failure of the government and also demanded that they immediately stop large-scale, illegal, and dangerous mining in Pakang, one of the many townships in the area. Unfortunately, reform has been slow to happen because you know why? There's a special interest involved. Many of those that are powerful in the mining industry are actually military officials in uh, Myanmar. And although there are some regulations, the enforcements have been bare or near nothing. For example, in 2016, the government halted the renewal of mining licenses until corporations could submit an assessment along with plans of um, environmental management. However, many corporations found loopholes through it and basically nothing changed. Despite the change that can and might happen, many of the locals and officials are actually scared it might be too late to reverse the damage. This seems like the point where a lot of people are telling us as like a generation about Earth, right? There's a point where uh, there's a point of no return, basically. Yeah. I just realized I'm wearing jade right now. Oh. Oops. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. about this. I mean, I just... Like, when I heard the story, I realized that jade, like how coveted jade is, right? How precious, mm-hmm. especially white jade, you know? Yeah. White yeah, jade yeah. is better, quote unquote, than. Or like better quality or something yeah. like that. And I have one of, I have one when I, I got it when I was a baby and I talked to my mom. She's like, I don't know if this is real though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Asian families, especially Chinese families, have such, place such a, like a high value in jade. And. I guess every family is like, oh, you should have one just like yeah. in case and just for like a family, I guess. Custom. I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely a custom there. Always get one, usually, I think. But it's very sad to see how devastating the effects of like something that's a custom in China to have on, you know, Myanmar, right? Mm-hmm. It 
Myanmar's sole export is this thing. Like, it really relies on this. Yeah, on this jade, right? And it's not, I don't, I mean, it sounds, always sounds weird because you don't see a lot of countries, like, have this big of an export, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oil in Venezuela, like, that was a very, very extreme thing where oil was the only thing they exported nothing else they imported everything else mm-hmm. which i don't think is the case here but what happened in venezuela is they relied so much on it when so when it was gone or something happened right their country literally fell in shambles right, right, right. And they're in that state now yeah but in this case i mean the it's still an extreme but it's yeah. different right yeah the economic different. impacts seem to be positive but the environmental impacts are not they're negative but usually they're connected in some ways Mm -hmm. right i guess this is just a little bit different but i think this needs to stop at some point or actually this needs to stop now because i think it's already at this point where there's almost no return because you've already ruined basically the entire landscape. The mountains are gone, the rivers are all dirty and stuff like that. And I don't know how much you can do to fix that, right? Because you've already gone so far past that point where I don't know if there's much you can do to salvage this situation. So it's better to stop now. The thing is, like you mentioned, it's the military officials that are supporting this industry and this business. So I'm not sure what we can really do about that yeah i mean it looking back at history and what these people are saying it seems to be a very bleak future for their environment i remember in apes we learned about an island that solely exported it was sort of nitrogen it was used in fertilizer right Mm -hmm. in around like the 80s or something and it was super you know like people uh, countries were buying it up so they were really successful right Mm-hmm. But and that was their sole export. But they mined the entire land, so now and when they were mining it, everybody was living in like like great lifestyle, right? They had TVs, refrigerators, right? But after the resource went away, everything fell apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you now can't support yourself. Yeah. So that. now, like barely anybody lives there. You can't grow anything on there. The land that was once beautiful and um, full of like luscious greens, forests, and whatnot is non-existent and it cannot grow back like nothing they do works that might be the future for this situation i wouldn't be surprised if it is and i really hope it isn't especially for you know the sake of the people and also the sake of the entire earth because if this country's current state is and their future is representative of what we have elsewhere it's not good yeah because we have the same practices everywhere else, and we're basically ruining the entire earth. So, our second story isn't much more positive either, and it's about the Pentagon's shady past funding for COVID. Recently, the House has called for the Pentagon to show documents on how it used $1 billion in coronavirus relief funds due to the possibility that the department used much of the money to pay defense contractors instead of buying medical supplies, which is more important, you guys buying weapons and building aircraft, or trying to relieve the pandemic. Quiz of the day. (laughs) The funds, according to the CARES Act, were given to prioritize medical supplies and PPE, 
personal protective equipment. The news broke out a month ago from the Washington Post of the department's use of funds, but the Pentagon claimed that the money's purpose was never restricted to medical supplies and that Congress was always aware of its plans. Additionally, they argue that doing this is an... Additionally, they argue that this... Oh my god. Additionally, they argue that doing this is an appropriate response to the pandemic. I'm not sure how, but whatever. However, in the letter from the House, lawmakers claim that the use of CARES Act money is counterintuitive to Congress's purpose of prioritizing medical supplies. Along with turning over documents on how the department allocated its money, they were asked to show whether the contract defense companies have any relevant past with DOD as well. That is sketchy. <laughs> Super sketchy because we've got two issues. The um, contract defense companies and whether they have any relevant past with the DOD and also their kind of shady spending with the COVID money. Yeah. Like, come on. We, we have an urgent situation here, but obviously they're doing something else. And the Department of Defense, right, they seem to be saying one thing mm-hmm. and the House is like, no, incorrect incorrect that is not what we said so right now it's like word was it my word against their word is basically yeah what this is which i mean because uh, i guess the department of defense is not denying they did this they're just saying we did it but it was for the right purpose and you guys knew that all along and then congress is like no no (laughs) it's like they're making excuses for themselves they're not saying they didn't do anything they're just saying oh yeah this is for the right purpose like we're using this for covid and And i don't understand how Mm -hmm. and in my opinion um i think pentagon is lying because who would like i'm thinking right who would get the most out of this right Mm -hmm. what does congress get out of this nothing i'm there's like i really doubt there's they have like corporate backers that want like want this right i'm I'm assuming it's the opposite. Well, like, even if it is, it just can't be, right? So now it's looking like the Pentagon, right, who want to pay the defense contractors, right? Mm-hmm. And want to do business with them are the ones who are in the wrong anyways. But also the fact that, like, why? Like, they're saying, right, oh, this helps coronavirus because, like, Maybe the defense industry is like, like has been hurt, right? All industries have been hurt, that right? Is true. But the defense industry, their main export is, or like their main customer, is the government, <laughs> right? And the government is the one having the money. And also, like, are they that hurt? Are they more hurt than the people suffering in hospitals and the nurses fighting on the front line? No. Like, why, why would you do this? I don't, I don't get it. Why would you? Yeah. Like, what do we need more aircraft or do we need more PPE? Right. This is a case of like moral decision. And they failed drastically on that, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, come on, people are dying. People I don't know. are being infected. I don't know why every time I say this, like my voice goes up the pitch, like I'm asking a question, but really I'm just confused. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I am confused. Why? Why? It's just a little it's a little disappointing, might I add. It's very disappointing. 
because you have the power to use your funds correctly in like a safe way in a productive and it's like well i'm not saying that this isn't productive but in this situation it really is counterproductive like you have the power to manage your funds wisely and use it for situations that actually matter in this time period so why don't you do that mm-hmm. and also the fact that like the pentagon's um budget or the defense department's budget has been increasing for like a while now like they're not lacking money or anything they're not poor <laughs> is what i'm saying so i don't I, I don't see how this is necessary but you know let people be greedy anyways our next story is a little more positive we thought we might add something that is better news than our last two stories <laughs> so this one's about the united states postal service now i know you may all be thinking what do you mean the usps is in bad shape right but luckily a federal judge ordered the usps to prioritize election mail so that means that they must expedite all election mail as first class or first class express and they pre they have to pre-approve additional overtime for all postal workers so our postal workers are getting paid according to the judge it was set as a precedent to prior elections right the postal service has always treated election mails as first class but due to the recent um news stories of cutting back on postal service it's good to see that this has been reaffirmed and the USPS said it would review the decision, but that they are ready and to handle the expected increase of mail during the election. Um, also, as an additional news, tiny t- So last week, another judge issued a nationwide injunction in a case uh, uh, o- uh, over the changes in the postal office. Um, this is a case that's been, uh, this injunction has been asked by over 14 states for a case against Trump, DeJoy, who is also a Trump supporter and the um, uh, the head of USPS. Um, so obviously they're trying to fight against these changes and mm-hmm. luckily they got the first step. That's good. Save the postal office, guys. It's super important. Because, well, I mean, post office obviously important. Like you gotta mail stuff in. You can't yeah. have, you can't not have that. Because, you know, you have to have, like, hard copy and even, like, mail it to officials and whatnot. Especially election mail. Um, yeah. With COVID-19, um, having people less, uh, having less people going to the polls, more people are doing in-mail votes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and our election is an important part of our democracy. Mm-hmm. So having this postal service is super important in this time. Yeah, so if you guys can go out, I don't know, write a letter to your friends, send it via by one of those stamps. Maybe I'll send one to you, Claire. Wow, I haven't you. yet, but I did send a few <laughs> mails. Yeah, I've sent, like, mail, like I registered to vote, I think, mm-hmm. a month ago or something. No, less than a month ago. But I mailed it, and I yeah. don't know if I'm registered yet, but we'll see. And they also have, like, really cool 19th Amendment um, stamps. Really? Yeah, the with women holding like go vote. It's really cute. You guys should all check it out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, next we have our Sunday snip into the past. 
So on this day in 1927, Gutzon Borglum began sculpting the heads of four U.S. presidents on Mount Rushmore. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning in.